but like honestly kind of breezed through that with like minimal error and minimal minimal reset breeze through that sentence Friends and allies to Belchcast episode number 19. My name is Pukasaurus Rex, spooky man, DM on vacation, and purchaser of books. Say hi, Jack John. Hey there, hi there, who there? Oh, being a DM <laughs> on vacation kind of sucks because it just means you're too busy with things that aren't playing Dungeons and Dragons. But it also means you have all of this time now to build a perfect world when you come back. Like, you can just, like, add in, like, little times, and you're not, like, little things each time, and you're not under a time crunch. Yes, except for I suffer from attention deficit disorder, <laughs> and time crunches make me productive. I work best at the site of a deadline that says you have three hours left. Oh, uh, I got to do something that I haven't done in, shit, probably six or seven years now this weekend. And I think you did too. And what was that? I got to, like, use my actual eyeballs to see you without, like, a screen <laughs> in between. I also I got to hang out in person. I also got to see a Pookie this past weekend, and it was beautiful. It was so much fun. Yeah, we got to we got to get together for your birthday in Chicagoland. Yeah, and we got to be sitting in Revolutions Brewing as they got the news that they won a gold medal for one of their beers at Fobab, and, which was kind of dope. <laughs> and honestly, we, we you and I both tried that beer, and we can just kind of jump into it on the beers we've been having recently. A gold medal is not good enough for that beer. That beer was fucking phenomenal. It got, I think it got second best in show at all of Fobab. Which, if you're unfamiliar, is the Festival of Barrel-Aged Beers. It's a huge, like, national, and I think international, um, barrel-aged beer competition. And it got second place for best of show. Um, I had looked up what first place was, but I don't remember now. It it was a sham. I demand a recount. Uh, no, that beer, all of those beers at Revolution were so damn good. Honestly, like as good as the FSOJ, which is what we had. Yes. Um, which is a very special old jacket. Yes. I'm. I'm. I want to know what the number one beer was. Like, I want to try. Right. The, I don't. Uh, the best beer. I don't know if I have a sophisticated enough palate to tell you the difference between a number one beer and a number two beer, but I know it'll be damn good. Well, so Best of Show was a uh, mixed culture, an acidic mixed culture from a brewery called Resident Culture Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a beer called Sympathetic. So next time I go to North Carolina, as I do fairly regularly, I'll be be going, trying to find that brewery. Yeah, I mean, we haven't actually seen each other in person in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was a ton of fun we got to like hang out and be in a city and drink cool beer together and 
couple of other friends came down and we played some board games and it was just a ton of fun, man. Yeah, we, I, I came in Friday. I think you were there Thursday to Sunday. I was there Friday and Saturday. And it was it was just a blast just getting to hang out with you and Kelsey and everybody and just like getting to just relax in person with people is such a good feeling. And that was that was the thing is I, I was a little like anxious because I was like, I want everyone to have a good time, but like I'm not trying to fill every day with back to back activities. Like I'm on vacation and I just want to chill. So like we did a couple of things during the day on Friday before you got there. Yeah. And then we ended up just like ordering in pizza to the Airbnb we were staying at and like chilling and playing board games and just hanging out and having a few beers. Yeah. When when I got in there and I was like, hey, what's the plan? And you guys were like, well, we just ordered pizza and we ordered some beer and we don't plan on leaving. I was like, fucking cool. I'm putting on sweatpants. Like, we're we're at the age now where that's like doing nothing is the perfect plan. Yeah, and I I tend not to like itinerize vacations anyway. Yeah, even if I am like gonna go do stuff like back to back to back, I'm like, I want to do like these things. But when we do it or whenever we do it is cool just because I get super anxious when shit doesn't like line up perfectly to the way I want it to. And then I get pissy and, and I'm just no fun to be around. So my solution to that is just no plans. Right. Well, in the, in the weekend before that, uh, I went on my uh, anniversary trip up to Wisconsin with Laura and like, I had like a bunch of stuff, like kind of like research, but it wasn't like, Hey, we're going to go here, 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 and here. It was like, all right, it's Saturday. Um, let's look at the grab bag of shit that I looked up. Um, we can pick one of those. We can pick none of them. I don't give a shit. Let's let's figure it out though. Like, let's do we want to go here, here, or here? And that's like we don't need to go to all four of them, but let's go to one of them. Let's see what it is. A lot of my friends were like, "Oh, yeah, you're going to Chicago. What are you going to do? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this?" I was like, "I don't know. Maybe. Mostly, I'm just planning <laughs> on being drunk in a different city. Right? Like, <laughs> just get out of this town for a few days and not have to worry about work or anything, and just hang out with my friends. Right? It's it's fun being a tourist, but when you go like full full tourist mode, it stops being fun. When you're like all right, we have 35 minutes to get to this spot, so then we can be there for 32 minutes, so then we can go 44 minutes to this spot. Like, that's that's not fun for anyone. Yeah, I hate that. Although, I do like... Like, I'm originally from Chicagoland. I've been to the city of Chicago lots of times. I have family that lives in the city. So do you. And, like, it's not necessarily, like, a once-in-a-lifetime trip for me. Right. Um, but I do, like... I fucking love going to, like, the Field Museum and the Art Institute and the Shed and, like, the super douchey touristy things. They're like, no, you gotta do what the locals do. And I was like, well, I mean, kind of. But also, there's a reason that these places are so popular. Right. Like, the, the only regret from that entire trip that I have is that we waited a little later in the day to decide to go to the Field Museum that Friday. Because... All everyone who ended up going, like, could have just hung out there all day, yeah, and been totally fine with that. And they had beer there, fun. yeah, and they have beer there. <laughs> they, there's actually, uh, now, now I can't remember what it was, but they, there was a, a brewery that brewed a, a pretty solid beer, uh, specifically sold at the like cafeteria area like, snack bar area at the Field Museum. When I saw that, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's what I'm... Yeah, you have to. 
Right. <laughs> it's like these are two uh, of my favorite things. Yeah. So you had you had a ton of beers. Uh, we already talked about um, the VSOJ. Were there any other standout beers for you that weekend? Well, uh, unfortunately, right after you left, you missed out on the next place we went, um, which was Dovetail Brewing, and uh, they were they happened. I didn't know this ahead of time. I just really wanted to go there because they're one of my favorite breweries in the city. They happened to be doing a uh, like celebration of wild and spontaneously fermented beer. <laughs> The perfect pookie birthday celebration is a brewery so, <laughs> that you like doing wild fermentation beers. So, like, I we ended up going, and they had, like, this really nice little, like, tent set up that they had out of the back of the building, and they had a special bar and special uh, kegs tapped for this. And I had a barrel-aged creek, like a bourbon barrel-aged creek, that was just, ah, uh, chef's kiss, fantastic. It was so good. That sounds incredible and also exactly like the kind of beer you would get somewhere. Yeah, I kind of felt bad because, like, I my cousins who lived in the city came with me there. And they, I mean, they, they drink, they hang out. They, they're people in their early 20s in the city of Chicago. Like, they're not strangers to partying a little bit. Yeah. But this is, they're, they're like, I mean, is it, why does it taste like it does? It's like, well... <laughs> Sit down, I have a 45-minute lecture planned. Welcome, welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> and then after Dovetail, which was awesome, if you have a chance, if you're ever in the city, check them out, because they do a lot of, like, spontaneously culture stuff. Um, but they also have, they specialize in, like, traditional style stuff. Um, and then... I had, like, a couple other lagers, a couple other pilsners, and then I finished on, like, three Rauch beers that were incredible. Um, and then we ended up going to Half Acre, and I, I'm i so mad at myself, because, like, half hour after we left home on the road to Chicago, I was like, fuck, I didn't bring my vaccination card. Because I know there were a lot of places in the city that were, like, checking for that. And luckily, nowhere was until, like, the last place we were trying to go to that night. Mm. And they were like, oh, do you have your vaccination card? And I was like, fuck, no. And I didn't want to be that guy. I mean, I worked in retail or work in retail. Yeah. But I was working in retail during the, like, peak of people being shitty about masks and stuff. And right. it sucked. So I was like, oh, all right, yeah, that's fine. And they were like, well, you can still like buy merch and beer to go if you want to go look at the cooler. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I went and looked at the cooler, and uh, I, I think the hostess felt bad. Yeah. Um, she knew I wasn't like trying to cause a problem or anything. Right. I, like this guy she seems. Knew I was like, yeah. This guy's genuinely upset. He might actually be vaccinated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, he just wanted to come hang yeah. out. He's not going to cause a problem. He's actually disappointed. Yeah. I was like. So I bought, like, the two weirdest beers <laughs> out of their cooler. Um, and speaking of Half Acre, I did drink a beer last night. Um, I didn't buy this there. I bought it at work. <laughs> but uh, I drank Orin, which is an annual release from Half Acre. It's a bourbon barrel-aged strong ale. And we were talking about it a little bit right before um, we, we started the recording, but... It was really good. Like, it started kind of chocolatey, and then, like, 
by the time I was about finished with it, it had moved into like really delicious, like dark fruit, like plummy Ooh. and raisiny, and it had a bunch of like you know bourbon barrel vanilla on it, and um, it was a it's a cuvee, and they're all aged in different things. One of the barrels was a brandy barrel, and there was kind of like this this tang that I couldn't really place because I haven't had a lot of. I assumed it was like from the brandy barrel because I haven't had a lot of brandy barrel finished beers, but it was really good. Uh, we ended up going to Spiteful, which is another really cool Chicago brewery. Like Chicago is a really great beer city. It's just not nearly as like focused as yeah. Asheville is. Like you go to Asheville, like, you go downtown and you can just walk to every brewery and it's like 20 breweries yeah but you go to chicago you got you know it's a 10 minute drive here five minute drive here 20 yeah. minute drive here chicago is also 10 times the size <laughs> of Asheville, so you know it is what it is <laughs> chicago's a little big yeah <laughs> yeah that's dope that, those all sound fantastic i'm mad that i had to dip out early i um couldn't get the pto off for like an, a, an extra weekend off in a row yeah, I'm, yeah, it, it was fun. It would have been more fun if you would have been able to stay, but it is what it is. Everyone's got to earn their living. <laughs> Sadly. We all, we all work under the crushing weight of capitalism. <laughs> you have your Belchcast bingo cards. <laughs> <laughs> is, is crushing weight of capitalism a free space by this point? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's either crushing weight of capitalism or 450 North. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't have on the podcast uh, this week. Pookie, what do you have for us this week? What beer have you this brought? Week, I was really excited because I had a, a Cajun cork beer. Um, I have Lickable Wallpaper from <laughs> Boulevard Brewing. It is a sour Saison ale aged on boysenberries. Um, it spent some time in oak barrels and then uh, spent some time in fooders um, on on boysenberries it's really good that um, sounds I, amazing I started yeah i started sipping on it a little bit before we got recording <laughs> um and it smells like it smells tart and a little funky and a little fruity and the boysenberries are like big in it like it's got a really like fruity berry taste to it it's got a little bit of funk a little bit of tart it's it's really good um, and I'm excited because I'm not going to have to switch beers to get a buzz like I did last time. <laughs> yeah, every, everything about that sounds amazing. And the name is fantastic. Yeah, the description on the untapped says, and the boysenberries taste like boysenberries. <laughs> what do you got this week? I feel like I've been uh, talking too much. You talk to me now. So the beer that I have this week is called Kelp, I Need Some Honey. It is a barrel-aged farmhouse ale with kelp and honey. It's from Oxbow oh. Brewing. Um, this uh, production time says 18 months. Uh, enjoy within five years. This has been aging for about a year and a half. Uh, this is a uh, summer 2020, so it's not quite probably hit its peak, but I've honestly, I've been sitting on this for about six months, and for me, that's infinite amounts of time. Um, I was going to say, you're not nearly as practiced as I am. And granted, I have the advantage of, like, I, I bring it home in boxes. Like, I bring stuff to, to age home in boxes, and then I go put it in my basement. 
so that I'm not looking at it and it's not right next to me. So I don't, yeah. I won't like reach in and grab one. I need to dedicate like a two by two box in a closet that I don't see daily uh, for this. But the, the side of this bottle says kelp. I need some honey is a mixed fermentation farmhouse ale brewed with main grains, Icelandic kelp, Delaware wildflower honey, and conditioned with oxbow estate honey produced in collaboration with dogfish head brewing in Milton, Delaware. Sounds so good. I'm very excited for this. That's going to be a farmyard funk too. It's, it's got on the nose. There's a lot of funk here. Oh, Hmm. That, that kelp adds some weird funk to it and it's really good. It, Hold on. I can know Laura's gonna fucking hate this beer. It's the Kelsey's gonna love this one. The I've never had kelp in a beer, as I'm sure most humans will say. But like it adds such like a unique almost not salty is salty is not the right word but like i was thinking like an umami flavor of it where it's just like very like i I can't quite place it i honestly can't quite place it it's definitely got like that like that funk you expect and then there's like an aftertaste there that's very distinct and it feels familiar and it could also be that i had sushi before this (laughs) but like it, it it Theme, man, it fits the theme, right? I'm, I'm, I'm world building my my palate, <laughs> but it's really good. The honey is there a little bit. Um, it's not super honey based. Like the kelp is very overpowering in it, but it's good. I like it. Um, I wish I would have like maybe waited like two or three more years to see how those flavors would build a little bit more. But as it stands a year and a half out of production, it's still really, really good. Yeah, it's always, it's, sometimes it's hard to, like, decide when it's been sitting long enough. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of those age like fine wine, and you can sit, I mean, they say it keeps for five years, but I'm going to keep for ten. Right. Yeah, it's really good. I, this is delicious. Um. I mean, it's it's unlike anything that I've ever had. It's it clocks in at eight percent. Um, so I probably won't get hammered on it, but I'll get a, I'll catch a good buzz off this too. Like it's it's such, it's such an incredible tasting beer that like it just it's like it's unlike anything I've ever had. It, it's one hundred percent down to the kelp in it, which is something like why I got this beer. So it's like this is just gonna be some funky ass shit. Right. Right. And it is. It's it's funky, but in a really, really good way. But Pookie, it does not matter if I like the funk in my beer. It doesn't. Uh, what really matters is, will my wife hate the funk in this beer? And I, I'm willing to bet she is going to hate this beer. And she can probably hear me in the living room right now hyping this beer up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she will not embrace the funk. I think my my new favorite part of this segment is guessing whether or not 
that they yeah. will like it. <laughs> I think Kelsey will really like this. Yeah. I actually, I'm willing to bet I can guess what she's gonna say. She's gonna be like, "Yeah, it's pretty good. I wish it were colder." Yeah, because I'm I'm drinking at room temperature. All right, listen to our ad. <laughs> so Pookie, what did your wife think of your beer? Uh, she really liked it. She she said I could oh I could drink a whole glass of that. It, she said it was really really tart. She said she wished it was a little bit more carbonated. Um, she refused to say she wished it was colder because she heard me say <laughs> she's gonna say I wish it was colder. But <laughs> when I questioned her about it, she was like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> Uh, how how about you? What did your wife think of your beer? How bad did she hate it? She she didn't like it. Um, so she she said like I think the font kind of threw her off a little bit. She was kind of like, well, that doesn't taste very good. And then she was like, if I had to describe this beer, and I'm not a music student, so I can't say exactly how she feels, but she said it's like playing a minor chord. Which I don't know what that means, um, but I'm sure that means less than great. She said she'd give it like a three out of ten. She said it, it was. I think it was just a little. Like, I think it was just a little too funky for her. Which is fair. It's got some really weird flavors in it. Um, it's not something that like I don't think most people would like this. Not to be like, well, I remember. Like I would. I. It's it's got a lot. Like that kelp is a lot, but I really like it. Yeah. Uh... A lot of those like weirder beers sometimes yeah. it, sometimes it's just a really niche audience, right? Everyone is gonna like it. And and Laura had pointed out too, like it almost has like an olive juice flavor to it, which I agree with. It's got kind of like that like almost like briny like flow with it, and I I love that kind of flavor. So uh, yeah. it probably explains why I also really like this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so so three out of ten. Uh, three out of ten. So that's another one to check off on your uh, cast <laughs> bingo card is uh, Laura hated the beer. Yeah, I gotta. And... I I feel like I've, I feel like I've been mean to Laura giving her funky weird beers. I feel like I've been on a streak of just just like hey, let's just throw some weird shit in a beer and see if it works. Kind of beers. I feel like I gotta next week. I gotta hit her with like a classic pale ale or something. Yeah, I mean we've. The last most of our episodes have been like the weirdest beers yeah. we could find. Right. Um But yeah, I it, maybe we maybe we ought to roll it back and do something a little more normal next time. I probably won't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the last normal ish episode was the Oktoberfest episode and I just showed five beers at Laura in like half an hour. <laughs> was an adventure <laughs> i i think i think we learned a lot it's it's like when i did my first ever like 24 hour uh stream on twitch like it sounded great in theory and it worked but when we do it next time i've got notes on yeah. on how to do 10 beers between the two of us in an episode right what, what i need to do is when i say i'm just gonna do like tasting pours as i need to actually do that because part of the problem was i ended up just straight up drinking most of the beers yeah i i think because because we can pookie and i can see each other we both like 
drank the beers pretty quickly. And we eat when we each noticed we were down to like the bottom tenth of our beers, we would kind of slam it and go, Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. Like we weren't doing tastings, we were just smashing beers and we just happened to be recording about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which which a uh, future idea for an episode. Uh Pookie, let's do a case race. You wanna you really wanna do that? <laughs> I Son. we we uh, we alluded alluded to it on uh on uh here's the guy episode that we just put out but I'll I'll break the story here first Pookie's the reason and by that I mean Pookie was there the first time that I blacked out and that's because I decided I was going to go beer for beer with Pookie uh when I was but a wee lad at 130 pounds and 19 no, you were definitely. I'm sorry. I was, I was twenty. I was. I was. I was fresh. I was freshly twenty-one. I was freshly a spry twenty-one. Yeah, and, and you turned twenty-one two years later. And... <laughs> I can't believe I turned twenty-one so many years in a row. Like, what are the odds? Yeah, crazy. Just craziness. <laughs> but yeah, um, I had I had been pre-gaming with whiskey, um, and then our buddy Big Turp invited me to go like drinking somebody's dorm and i was like yeah sure like i'll, I'll bring my whiskeys and like well we'll continue doing that there and then everyone was like hey let's go to this bar that i won't name and i was like ah oh, guys like i'm still super super 21 like i don't know if i can get in being 21 and they were like no it's cool you'll just walk in the back there's a patio and i was like okay um but i can't order my own beers so like i'm just gonna drink whatever you guys are drinking and then i'll like i'll cash you out later and uh, we were doing pictures of, I don't know what beer was on tap there. You will be more familiar with what beer probably was there. If it was like Bud Heavy or Bud Light or something. It was Pabst Blue Ribbon. It was PBR. Of course. Of course it was PBR. That's what we drank there. And and basically, um, we all took three plastic cups and would fill them all up. And then I kind of noticed, like, hey, their cups are going down a little bit quicker than mine. I should keep up because I'm stupid. And so that, like, each time that, like, somebody would go to get another, like, uh, pitcher and pour it around, like, all the cups were basically going pretty evenly. And I don't remember when we stopped drinking. I couldn't tell you an exact number because uh, there's probably a couple hours that night that I just straight up have scraped from my brain. What I do remember is, luckily, uh, my roommate at the time, Ruben, was either there or somebody called him there. I'm not sure. Uh, but, um, I remember thinking I was going to go home with somebody and then being like, Jack John, you're a fucking idiot. Also, no. And then just, uh, I kept telling Ruben that he cock blocked me. Um, Ruben did no such thing. Ruben was probably the sensible person to walk me home. And then, uh, I just remember like leaning on Ruben and just walking home. I remember leaving the bar and then I remember being on campus. I don't remember like the couple mile walk in between. Yeah. He's probably the reason you and I are able to have a conversation today <laughs> on several occasions. Like, I'm certain Ruben has saved your life more than one. Ruben, Ruben is my guardian drunk angel. He's he's there when I need him to be, but also he's my guardian devil. And he's probably just like, Jack John, you should do this Jaeger bomb. Because Ruben is also the reason that I've almost blacked out. The first time I ever got hammered was because of Ruben. Because I tried to go Jaeger bomb for Jaeger bomb with Ruben. And I, speaking it out loud now, I never learned my lesson. One bad thing happened to me in Chicago, and it's my cousin's fault. <laughs> and it was fun because I, I blamed Kelsey for it at first because I was only half paying attention. But my cousin told the server at the restaurant we were eating dinner at it was my birthday. 
So they brought me a shot of Malort. <laughs> and if you're unfamiliar with Malort, tastes like ass. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 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 a very cultured drink. Um, it it's a cultured ass. It's, it tastes like super bitter botanical and ash. I'm like, and then the worst part about Malort is that after you take a shot of Malort, you taste Malort for the next like 20 minutes to a half an hour. And I was kind of pissed because we were at a pretty nice restaurant with really good food <laughs> and the beer was really good. It's like, well, this is all ruined. <laughs> I've, I've always described Malort as licking driftwood. It it's got that kind of like earthy, like like you said, botanical, like very natural, but also very unfiltered flavor. And it burns, yeah. and it 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 lingers for a very long time. Uh, I've actually been drinking a lot more Malort recently, and it's disgusting to say I've I've started drinking it on the channel um, on occasion, which is more than anyone should. I was gonna say if you're a regular for on Jack John's stream, uh, he takes shots of Malort fairly regularly. I've done it speaking, twice. Twice in the last week. Speaking of Jack John's stream, so you beat Kingdom Hearts. I think you were still on like the last little bit the last time we recorded. Yes. And I know you have feelings and emotions <laughs> about the ending of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. That I think I so the story up until like the first like seventy five percent like I wasn't like emotionally invested in the sense that like I was like like on the edge of my seat like gripping like oh no what's what's happening like, I was like all right this is this is the game like I'm gonna be okay like I've played video games before I kind of know the ebbs and flows of like the like the cliffhangers and the dramatic whatevers and like I was like all right like this is a game and I was like I was having a lot of fun and I loved the game up until that point. But it wasn't anything that I was just like, oh, no. Like, I, I didn't have those kind of feelings. Um, I finally beat uh, Riku, who we talked about on the last episode. Finally beat Ansem Riku. And, like, honestly, what ended up happening is I just wasn't utilizing enough game mechanics. And uh, somebody came into the chat and was like, hey, you should try doing this and this. And then I kicked his fucking ass. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. I just got to learn game mechanics, I guess. Um so, and then I get through, and then the, I thought I was almost done. I thought there was just like, hey, there's one more boss immediately after this. I still had like an hour and a half or two hours of gameplay to go. But like, honestly, kind of breezed through that with like minimal error and minimal, minimal reset. Breeze through that sentence. And so we, I get through, and it's like that last ending cinematic movie that's like five minutes long. And I was just, like, kind of sitting there, just, like, with my hand over my mouth, just like, oh, god damn it, I'm emotionally invested in this now. And it, and it hit kind of hard. I just kind of had to sit there for a minute and go, okay, so um, so that happened. Um, I'm glad I'm not drunk, or I'd probably actually be crying right now on stream. Yeah, man. Bending Kingdom Hearts is pretty heavy. Yeah, it, it, it I, got, I got a little choked up. I was just like, Okay, all right. Um, let's uh let's do something else now, cause I I need I need something. It it was a lot, and I loved it, and and now I I've got I've got like four different like I'm making a huge fork in the road now with what I'm gonna do next. Like I've been playing 
uh, after I beat Kingdom Hearts, I started playing Pokemon MMO. First, first I played Getting Over It. I played Getting Over It first. Um, uh, that was an experience <gasps> watching you play that game because I could. I I was kind of trolling you because like I could see that you were like brushing off the frustration by joking about speedrunning it, but also that you were getting very frustrated yeah so so i i had a so i hit 25 subs like i hit another like cycle of 25 subs so i, I spun the wheel on my channel and it landed on speedrun getting over it which is a game that intentionally is designed to make you a very angry person but the world record speedrun is like a minute like people people have optimized the shit out of it and it's insane to watch at a high level it's incredible the average person takes about like two hours to beat it, though, for the very first time. Like it, it takes a lot. Um, and it's to beat it for the first time. Yes, yes, just to beat it, to beat it like, once. Like you don't beat it the first two hours you play it. Right. Yeah. But so like it, it's one of those games where I, like it's it's a it's a meme game. It's a fucking meme game. But I was like, um, I'm, I'm, I'll speed run it, and, and it landed on it, and I was like, all right, cool. The very next stream tomorrow, we're going to watch some videos, we're going to take some notes, and we're going to try to speedrun this fucking game. And it was awful. <laughs> I ended up playing it for about four hours. Uh, didn't beat it once. I think I got halfway. Uh, judging based on, like, the speedruns that I watched, I got about halfway. Um, but, like, for, like, the first two and a half hours, I was having fun, I was joking about it, like... A lot of people were like hanging out with me and, and like a couple people were like, hey, are you actually trying to speed run this? And I was like, fuck, no, I'm not. This is this is all jokes and memes. This is not serious at all. But like, it, it was just fun. And the great thing about that game, though, is you can accidentally fuck up and you can undo all of your progress. And you can have to redo the entire fucking game from essentially square one. And that kept happening. And the mechanics are either intentionally or un caringly difficult and uh after about three hours i was like all right i'm getting frustrated now this is stopping being funny and i kind of hit that wall at hour four and i was like all right i'm done this has been fun let's go play something else now yeah yeah but it, it was it was fun pretending to do speed runs i was like all right guys the the key to a good speed run is you got to crack open a beer and like the timer's running and I'm just like carefully pouring a beer. Uh, I, I ate French toast in the middle of the speed run. Like I, I did not care about the actual speed run. I joked, somebody looked it up on speedruns.com and they were like, the lowest submitted time is this. And I was like, cool, we're going for the world record of slowest speed run of getting over it. And had I, had I finished the game, I would have had that record. And I really liked the idea of having the worst record of a game. Yeah, I'm sure, like, the people at... It's, like, speedrun.com or, like, the official speedrun yeah, people, yeah. right? And, and they track speedruns for everything. And even in that, there's, like, meme speedruns and joke speedruns. Like, there's one in Minecraft where it's, like, um, a speedrun of how quickly you can break a block of dirt. And it's, like, 0. .00 seconds is, like, the world record. Like, it's, it's dumb. Like, there's dumb world records on there. And then there's legitimate world records. Right. Um... Uh, I think for the rest of my channel, I'm just going to have, like, in that pain wheel, just meme speedruns. 
the next one that I want to do is in Minecraft. And it's uh, how quickly can you mine an entire chunk of blocks? And it's literally where you just you spend an entire time digging a hole. And you speedrun digging a hole. Will you be a dwarf? I will be a dwarf and I will be digging a hole. Digging, digging hole. Diggy, diggy hole. But yeah, like it, it's it's something where like I, I try not to take my channel too seriously. And then I inevitably get salty at the end because I'm just like, all right, the meme is wearing thin even on me. I need to find something else now. Like I'll, I'll probably never play that game again because it won't be funny the second time. Like, and that, and that's the thing is like it was it was legit, it was fun and funny the first two hours. After that, it was just like, all right, I need I need something else now. But we're 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 done with that. I've moved on to Pokemon. I've been playing a fuckload of Pokemon. Yeah, man, you've been playing the Pokemans. And I was introduced through Ruben again. He's just apparently just going to be a recurring character in this podcast without knowing it. Uh, Ruben introduced me to it's called Pokemon MMO or Pokey MMO and basically it's Gen 1, Gen 3, Gen 4 and Gen 5 all smashed into one like living breathing Pokemon world. It's yeah, like... it's it looks super cool. I I also had no idea this existed until you mentioned it to me the other day and I was like, "Um, excuse me?" Yeah. And it's it's fascinating, and it has like such a unique culture. And I love Pokemon. I'm not a good competitive Pokemon player, which is kind of like what Ruben wants me to become in this, because he's super hardcore into like the breeding and IV training and all of that. And like, it's one of those where it's like, hey, you need to sink like another 120 hours into this, and we can do some really cool things together. You know, like an MMO is, and like. It was funny because when you mentioned it to me, it was on the last episode and it was after I talked about how I'm not allowed to play MMOs. Right. And like it, I'm I'm realizing now that I probably shouldn't ever do an MMO after this. Like it it started in my head, I was like, Oh, like I'm I'm just gonna stream Pokemon MMO and like I won't really like play offline or anything. Like I'm just gonna play the MMO on stream. And I broke that rule day one. Um, I streamed for like five hours and then I played for five hours after I was done streaming and I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lose time now. Yeah. Your team got pretty good. You finished, uh, you finished the first round of elite four though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went all the way through Kanto. I'm now on Hoenn. What's really cool about this game is it's, it's actually harder. Uh, the trainers are smarter. The trainers like use like I had a trainer on like Route Three who had like a level seven Pokemon use a hyper potion, uh, which is oh. the dumbest amount of overkill. Like, yeah, it like it was like all right, cool. So this is I guess what the fuck we're doing now. Like it's 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 intentionally hard to either elongate or just to make it like whatever. But it it's been so much fun, and I can tell that I'm just going to be playing it until the world dies. That may be one that, that once you get through on, on stream, that's just a private time game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely gonna be one that I keep. But like I've got I need to play Kingdom Hearts, uh Chain of Memories, I need to play Kingdom Hearts two, I need to play Final Fantasy Seven. Uh we did a vote in 
my Discord and Undertale and Yakuza Zero Tide. Uh, I want to play fucking the new Halo game. There's so many games. There's so many fucking games, Pookie. What do I do? Well, what you need to do is make people give you enough money that you can <laughs> just do it for a living. Right? Like, I, I need... Even, even then, I wouldn't have enough time. If I played a different game each day, every day of the week, for like eight hours a day, I still wouldn't have enough time. That's just a couple of the games that I've mentioned to other people, or that like I feel that I need to play. Like, I still haven't played Doom 2016. I, the game, I still have to play Dark Souls uh, on the wheel. I owe that. Yeah, speaking of the wheel, I still have a, a wheel in my pocket that I'm, I'm just going to sit on. We'll see. Yeah, and yeah, it's just I. I need more time, Pookie. I need more time. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in the like super small D and D content creator space on Twitter. Ooh, which has been like the weirdest breath of fresh air <laughs> that I wasn't expecting. Because I've never seen a more supportive, happy, like, everyone promotes everyone, like, everything. It's such a good community in a social media setting, which is very not that <laughs> usually. <laughs> right, yeah. And I don't know if I've just lucked out on the people that I've been, like, following and finding, um, but it, it's been... It's been kind of like you don't go to social media for a, a peaceful time anymore. But scrolling through like the D and D content creators that I've found at least on Twitter has been really nice. Oh yeah. Um, and I just actually bought a, a encounter book. Um, I want to make sure I get her name right because I want other people to buy this book. Um, Cassie Mothwin at Countess Cassie on Twitter. Uh, she just put out a book called What Crooked Roots. Um, and it's it's just like dark folk horror. Um, think like The Witch or um, like the original Wicker Man or something like that. Um, and I've been reading through it and it's it's really good. Like, I'm really excited to, to kind of play around with some of these ideas um, when I when my DM vacation is over. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been such a weird... And I know you kind of have that, too, with, in, in, with your Rocksmith guys. Yeah, and like even, even, to like a more broader, even to a more broad extent, uh, a lot of like the Twitch people that like I interact with, even outside of the Rocksmith community, also the Rocksmith community is so goddamn wholesome, it's toxic. Or, it's so goddamn wholesome it's intoxicating it's like it's it's something where it's like honestly i actually really enjoy twitter because i my entire timeline is like either like twitch people or people on youtube or people who are like in communities that i follow and it's just always like people just like fucking like shouting each other out and boosting each other up and it's so goddamn wholesome and then like i'll stray just like a page or two away from that and it was like, oh my god, all of these people need to be eviscerated. They're psycho. But like finding that like that pocket of a community that like that like 
you're like, yeah, I have no problem, like, fucking, like, shouting you out because you're an amazing person and I know you deserve it and you are incredible. And it's like, you don't expect anything in return. It's just because you genuinely want to see that person succeed. Like, I shout out a ton of people on my own Twitter that are, like, different Twitch creators. Some of them stream at the exact same fucking time that I do. And it's not that, like, I expect, like, any sort of return on it. Like, it's not, it's never anything like that. It's just like, hey, I want to see, I want to see these dudes succeed because they're fucking awesome. Right. Yeah, and I, a lot of these creators have been putting out books. And I think it's really important to kind of find that niche community and support them. Like, the this book that I bought, What Crooked Roots, it was like a, a pay-what-you-want kind of thing, which I'm also super stoked on um but i i dropped a, a chunk of cash at her and yeah i'm excited about it it's gonna be dope but it, this find cool kickstarters and people making cool stuff and pay your friends for their art exactly and and it's it's something where it's like in supporting supporting content creators doesn't have to exclusively be monetarily there's like so many other ways and there's so many different other like people have like posted like diagrams and memes and shit. Like you can like support somebody just by like shouting them out or like engaging in their content or just simply like viewing it or partaking in it or like even being around it is a way to support somebody like you it, support isn't always monetary. And I think some people will like, like, oh, I'd, I'd love to support you, but I don't know how. Just just watch it, engage it, like it, share it, all of that easy shit. Like, I sometimes I feel a little guilty. Like, I when I was writing this this up in my notes for the show, I was like, man, it's gonna sound like I'm pandering for money because we are also small content <laughs> creators, right? Right, but also like we're not we're not we're not shilling anything on our own end. We're just saying like, hey, watch us if you can. That's amazing. We would love to be able to show you what we love but like it's not a requirement i'm not like badgering friends like hey did you listen to my podcast do it like i i i never want to be that person but like hey if i if i share some shit it'd be awesome if you checked it out if you don't i completely understand but like if like somebody is like hey i'm doing this new thing i'm like cool check it out let's see what it is because i love supporting people support the homies yeah yeah <laughs> Being a like I I love I love seeing people in genres that I like in genres that I am a part of or like subcultures or whatever you want to call it. I love seeing other people succeed. It's so goddamn wholesome and great. And I'd love seeing that out of my friends that I've built on the internet and through other like platforms. It's so fucking cool. I don't think I'll ever be jealous or envious. Like if anything, seeing people succeed like that makes me want to work harder. Because I'm just like, hey, man, if I put in a little bit of time, like, I can catch that, too. But I'm never like, fuck, man, they got it, and I did it, and this is bullshit. I never want to be that person. Well, and it's funny, because, like, just being active on your stream, like, I've met friends on Twitch now. Yeah. Like, Pulsar, whose name I can never figure out to shout out on your stream when he comes in, or Ray. <laughs> or you, you can just call him Paul. <laughs> Well, that's true too. In in his uh, in his bio, it says my name is Paul. <laughs> but like I, uh, 
I went and spent some time in his stream the other night, and we talked about fantasy books. Yeah, for like an hour. And it's fun. I I um I came. I I was watching his stream last night. Even he's another awesome dude. And he was like, "Yeah, I was talking to Pookie," and I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome! Like, I love to hear that shit." And he's doing he's doing some really cool like stuff that's way over the fucking like I don't understand any of the things that he's doing, but I love watching it because I can tell that he's really passionate about it. He was playing Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, which no is idea what JRPG. The... <laughs> no yeah, idea. I don't. I play JRPGs, <laughs> and I don't fucking get that one. Like it looks like fun, yeah. but I have no idea what's going on. Right, like I, I've watched, I've watched, I've, I've watched him probably play about two hours of it. No idea what the fuck is going on, but like, it's so cool because he's excited. He's like, "Oh, that's this. This is this." And I'm like, "I'm glad that you're excited, but I have no idea what the fuck's happening." Yeah, I'm excited. I'm honestly really excited for you to play Kingdom Hearts two because it is way heavier than the first one I'm, they really kind of lean into that like emotional aspect yeah. of it i'm definitely i want to do chain of memories first uh i'm gonna end up finding just like a gba rom uh and and streaming it through definitely legal uh means um i'm probably just gonna get a fucking uh gba emulator and go through it that way because I, I i i think there is like a chain of memories ps2 version you know that they have, like, in the big collections you can buy on the PlayStation Network, they they have those games, yeah. but those are expensive. Um, I think I saw a copy at a used game store for $10, so I'm guessing I can find it on eBay for slightly cheaper. But, like, it's, it's something where, like, if, if I'm going to play it through, I understand there's a huge, like, implied understanding between 1 and 2, and knowing that, it... I want to search out that entire, like, chronological story if I can. If the resources are available to me, I want to do it that way. Yeah, it's... It's not entirely necessary. Is it repetitive uh, or just, un, like, unneeded? There's a chunk in Chain... Just Chain of Memories is the only, like non-main entry that I've played. Yeah. Um, and I started Kingdom Hearts 3 a couple weeks ago. I, I snapped you about it. I was like, look what you made me do. Yeah. <laughs> like, loading into it, I was like, fuck, I don't remember at all what's going on. Because <laughs> it's been a long time since I've played even Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. Um, so I, I went and I watched a like a lore dump video and like a, a like story so far kind of thing. Yeah. And it got me where I needed to go. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. It, especially if you I mean if you want to play them, go yeah. play them. And and people seem to really enjoy like getting reaction. Not that I'm like, oh people love watching me, but like people are like, Oh my god, you're playing this for the first time, like let me know how you feel. And like I had posted I did a screenshot and I was like, This is three of my faces during the final cinematic of Kingdom Hearts One. And and one of our friends was like, let me know how you feel at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, I can tell that it's going to be something where it's like, I'm just going to go on a field trip. And if I'm going to go on a field trip, I may as well go on the entire trip. Yeah, and I mean, even playing them, I don't know yeah. that you would necessarily get, uh, you know, every little detail that they maybe intend you to. Yeah. But I'm sure it's still fun. Right, and know? like, I still technically need to go back and do endgame shit in Kingdom Hearts 1, 
Um, I haven't turned it back on since I beat the main, main story. Uh, I still have all the Hundred Acre Wood shit. Didn't do anything with it. Uh, I know I need to go fight Sephiroth uh, and in the um, the Coliseum. I assume that's who's there. Um, but I think so. I don't remember. Because there's like like right at the end of the game, they're like, hey, someone else is at the Coliseum now, and there's a new wave. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's definitely got to be Sephiroth then. I think so. Because isn't he like the main, main like post game boss, or is there other shit that I'm missing? I don't know. It's just going to shrug. I, but then I was like, mm, we're an audio-only content. I should use my words. <laughs> but yeah, like it, there's so much stuff that I want to do. and just I stream three to four days a week, and it's it's finding time to do everything that I want to do. And it's... I want to do so much, but okay. Like, after we finish up this, I'll probably go play Pokemon again for, like, another three hours. Well, Jack, where can the people watch you do all of the things? Yes, uh, the people can find me on Twitter at JackJohnJose. They can find me on Twitch at JackJohnPlaysGames. They can listen to me talk about fascinating people throughout history on Here's a Guy. It's a podcast I do with Big Turp and Little Turp. We've got eight or nine episodes in the bag now. Uh, the reason there's so many is because I'm not editing them, so they come out quicker. But Pookie, where can the people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Pookie Rex. They can find me um, hanging out in your stream most nights if I'm not working. They can find me uh, sitting at my desk feeling sad about how I have to work and can't play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> however, there are some new projects in the works. Um, nothing that's that's solid enough to announce yet, but um, look for new interesting things uh, come around the new year. And I'm really excited, and I'm like I'm having a hard time not announcing them because I'm really excited about them. Right, but I can't yet. That it's is a secret. That is the worst feeling. I will say, um, you've made it to the end of this episode. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe the next time you get a new episode from us. Uh, maybe there'll be a couple more voices on the, uh, on the recording. Maybe, maybe. We, uh, yeah. we're working out some fun things, uh, for episode 20. Um, and I have a feeling, uh, on good information, and that information is me, so it's bad information, but I have it on good information, uh, that we might have a special episode in the works. Coming very soon. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm excited about. Yes. <laughs> I, I texted you about that earlier today. And before I could get a response back in, you had sent me three times. And one of them was just, oh my god, yes, yes, yes. But guys, thank you again so much. We, we talked about support earlier, but honestly, it does mean the world to us that you guys uh, uh, listen to us. If you can, uh, if you have the opportunity, please like, rate, review, subscribe, share, all that fun shit. It really does uh, mean a lot. The The smallest gesture can mean the, the biggest of things, and that's outside of this. Uh, tell your friends you love them. Uh, call your loved ones. Uh, that friend that you've been thinking about texting, but you're afraid it's been too long. Text them. See how they're doing. Uh, the smallest, the smallest fucking efforts mean the world to a lot of people. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> I love you. Goodbye. Bye, daddies. <laughs>